From the world-famous city of New Orleans, it's the Black and Blue Report. Starring Sean Kelly, producer Dan, D-Dub in the Black and Blue Orchestra, and the Benchwarmers. Today's special guests include the New Orleans Saints, the New Orleans Pelicans, and whoever else we could get to stop by. Online and worldwide, it's the Black and Blue Report. Live, sort of, from Studio B, here's Sean Kelly. How goes it? Welcome into the Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. A very exciting Monday here for all those in black and gold as the Saints have found themselves in the postseason. And we're set to go for a very busy week here on the Black and Blue Report with regards to now Saints and Eagles in round one of the NFC playoffs. Hi again, everybody. I'm Sean Kelly. John DeShazer's alongside. Of course, John and I will have the broadcast tonight on the basketball side of things as the Pelicans are back home to take on the Portland Trailblazers. That should be a very entertaining game as the Pelicans will try and get one against an elite team in the West before heading back out on the road for a long road trip. And with that, David Wesley will stop by a little bit later and help us preview that ball game. But uh, John is here, and uh, the Saints are still rolling. J.D., a dominant win yesterday for the black and gold, wrapping up the regular season, seemingly getting back on track, and finding themselves now into that postseason tournament once again under head coach Sean Payton. Yeah, they've been looking to get back on track, especially offensively. It struggled really uh, in the on the road in, in the last three games. You know, Seattle, St. Louis, and Carolina, and hadn't put up uh, a whole lot of points. In fact, had only scored 36 total points in those games, and uh, all three of them lost. So, what they wanted to get back to, obviously, was to to get back to that offensive rhythm, that flow that they've been having. And 42 points certainly seems to suggest they got back into an offensive flow. And defensively, they got some some stops, and and that's the main thing. They produced the turnover, got a couple of sacks, but didn't allow Tampa Bay to to run rampant up and down the field. As you know, and, and it didn't start particularly well. Tampa Bay scored on its first possession, but then they tightened up, only allowed ten more points the rest of the game to Tampa Bay. And uh, granted, you know Tampa Bay's you know a four and twelve team, but they you've got to take advantage of who who's on the schedule, and, and that's who was on the schedule. And, and the Saints needed the game. It, it turned out to be a must-win for them, you know, just from the standpoint of in their heads they wanted to not only win, but wanted to build some momentum and look good going into the playoffs, and I, and I believe they did that. John, I find myself getting spoiled. Spoiled at watching Drew Brees play football and the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Uh, he did it again yesterday. I mean, I drove home all evening last night thinking again back to what Brees was able to pull off, and especially in the first half. Well, I mean, I don't know what it is about being at home. You know, hopefully, uh, you know, it's something that can transfer to the road, at least the efficiency part of it. But, yes, certainly this season, you know, at home, Drew Brees winds up with 27 touchdown passes and three interceptions in eight home games. And, and that's absurd. I mean, you know, he ends up averaging, you know, passing for more than you know, right around 353 yards per game at home. And he probably completed about, you know, 72, 73% of his, his passes in the Superdome. Yeah, you get him in the Superdome, and you get the conditions right, and, and his receivers, you know, seem to enjoy it, and the, and the fans certainly get those guys adrenaline. And, and before you know it, they're they're, they're frisbeeing the ball around, and everybody's having fun. And you know, a lot of guys are making catches. I think eleven total ended up with a reception yesterday. And and before you know it, you know, they pulled away from opponents. They ended up wind up beating opponents by an average score of thirty four sixteen at home, and it's 
know, granted, you can't just say it's the Superdome. Obviously, these are talented guys, but certainly when they get in the Superdome, they love to get in there and play in front of the home crowd. Is health a big factor on offense right now? It seems that the Saints' offense is as healthy as it's been. They don't seem to have any shortcomings at different positions other than left tackle, which seemed to be a little bit better with Teron Armstead getting his second start yesterday. Yeah, injury-wise, they're fine. I mean, unless something uh, something mysterious or unknown cropped up yesterday that we didn't see in person. Injury-wise, they seem to be pretty good, and they seem to be in great health across the board. I mean, you know, they've been having some problems, you know, some, some death problems, obviously, at safety. But Raphael Bush came back yesterday to replace Kenny Vaccaro. And certainly, you know, they've addressed all the cornerback needs with Jabari, Jabari Greer being gone for the season. And Trevin Wade has stepped up some, and, and Corey White also. So from an injury standpoint, they seem to be pretty fine uh, health-wise. And, you know, obviously, you know, clicking in other areas as they head into the playoffs. Uh, you know, you mentioned Teron Armstead. He, you know, they say he's basically improving play to play and you get, it certainly appeared that way yesterday and, and even the, in in Carolina when you know his his guy the guy who lined up over him Greg Hardy ended up with three sacks but you know by and large Sean Payton and Drew Brees said that you know hey the kid played you know better than you might think and uh you know Drew Brees pretty much you know personally took took you know credit for a couple of those sacks that he that were given up and uh yesterday they they seemed to like everything they saw out of him John DeShazer with us here on the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. A little bit later in the show, we'll talk Pelicans and Trailblazers tonight with David Wesley. I did get to speak yesterday post game with Ben Grubbs, uh, who played very well yesterday and is coming off of a uh, Pro Bowl uh, election on uh, Friday night, I guess it was. I'll give you his one-on-one interview. Uh, and we also have some sound from the locker room post uh, win yesterday over the uh, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Speaking of that, let's get you some of the stuff that Drew Brees uh, talked about yesterday. Uh, J.D. was talking about the offensive efficiency shown by the Saints at home again yesterday. Here's Breeze talking about that very thing against the Buccaneers. No, a great confidence builder. Um, obviously, we moved the ball very effectively today. Uh, had some big plays um, that uh, I guess we haven't had a, a game with this many big plays in a while, um, which is nice uh, when, when those occur. But, uh, you know, just sharp in, in all regards. Uh, good run on the football, good on third down, good in the red zone. You know, just winning football, taking care of the football, making those big plays when we had to. And uh, obviously, going into the playoffs on high note here. Breeze was also uh, quick to point out after the win and after, of course, clinching a postseason spot that with 11 wins and with what they've done at home, 8 0 for the second time in franchise history, that the Saints certainly are deserving of a playoff spot. I would say certainly we are capable of playing very good defense. We're capable of playing very good offense and being a very complete team. It's just a matter of putting that together now and making a run. Um, I'd say everyone in the playoff picture deserves to be there and is explosive in one way or another. Uh, Certainly, I feel like we're one of those teams. And when we spoke with Breeze yesterday, uh, the Saints still did not know whom they would or who they would play, rather, in the uh, first round of the playoffs. It turns out it's Philadelphia. It'll be in Philadelphia, but whether it's Philadelphia or whether it was going to be Dallas or anybody else, Breeze said that they were pretty much ready for anybody here come this weekend. You definitely don't know when you're going to get another shot. So you never take it for granted and you take advantage of every opportunity that you're given. And um, I know that we have a a great team and a great group of guys and it's all right there in front of us. And there's no one that scares us. There's no place that we know we can't go and get a win. So that that gives us a lot of of confidence. All right, J.D., so it is the Eagles. What do you think? Going up to Philly, um, Nick Foles and the Eagles beat Dallas last night on the road. And so they get the host, and we'll see them on Saturday night. 
Well, what you're talking about is a prolific, fast-paced offense, and they don't mind you know trading off time of possession. In fact, opponents are beating them in time of possession by an average of seven minutes per game, which is huge in the NFL. But they're a team that's 10 and 6. They don't mind giving up the football because they want to run that fast-paced offense. Nick Foles has really come on strong. 27 touchdowns, only two interceptions for him this season. And then uh, Shady McCoy, the running back, led the league in rushing 1,607 yards, averaging 5.1 yards, 5 yards per carry, ends up with nine rushing touchdowns and 11 touchdowns overall. And then you have Deshaun Jackson, the receiver, who's got more than 1,300 receiving yards. So, you know, they've got a lot of offensive weapons. They aren't prolific defensively. You know, they have given up yards. They have allowed points. So if the Saints offense is clicking, they should be able to move the football and probably should be able to score against Philadelphia if, you know, all things considered. But, you know, that Philly offense is something to behold when they get cracking and when they get clicking. They can put up points at a fast pace, and they can and they can turn it into a fast-break basketball game. I'm not a gambler, and I just I, it's just not in me. Um, so I rarely pay attention to the line, though. All it, I did hear it this morning. The early line on Saturday's game for the Saints and Eagles was uh, – uh, Eagles favored by two and a half. The only thing that I could read into that is usually when that margin is uh, small like that, that just basically means that the Eagles are favored because they're at home. In your eyes, um, are the Eagles and Saints that evenly matched that the odds makers would say that the only advantage here is Philadelphia being at home at Lincoln Financial Field? Well, I very much think so. Just because of the reason that you know, you know, one of the things I just said, I, I, you know, Philly doesn't play great defense. So, you know, with the Saints offense, you figure there are going to be opportunities to score and you think the Saints are going to take advantage of that. Plus, let's not forget Nick Foles, you know, with sparkling statistics, you know, again, 27 touchdown passes and two interceptions is just ridiculous. But he's a young quarterback. This is his first playoff game, and you don't know how those guys are going to react, home or road. You're just not quite certain how they're going to react because he's going to be – you know, a Russell Wilson-type performance where Russell Wilson gets his team you know, and, and has great performance last year in the, in, in the playoffs, or Colin Kaepernick, who, you know, his first full-time you know, year as a, as a starter leads San Francisco to the Super Bowl. Or is he going to be a guy who's going to succumb to some of the pressures that go along with playing not only in the playoffs, but also Philadelphia, where they, you know, have been on the boot people so, <laughs> who don't play well. So, you know, you just don't know how he's going to play. And so I can see where the makers might say, you know, look, the Saints might be able to confuse him defensively because this is a Saints defense that has played well for the majority of the season. If you look at the schedule, there are probably four games where the Saints defense did not play well, but they played well in every victory that the Saints had, and they played very well, I thought, in the loss at Carolina, save the last drive, obviously, where uh, Carolina ends up driving, I think, 65 yards in about 32 seconds for the game-winning score. But they allow 17 points in that game. And generally, with the Saints offense, if you can hold an opponent to 17 points or so, you're in pretty good shape. So defensively, odds might be looking at the fact that the Saints defense might be able to confuse Nick Foles. They might be able to slow down that Philadelphia offense. But again, that's a hard offense to slow down. But certainly, you also look at it from the flip side that the Saints should be able to move the football and should be able to score against Philly. Breaking down things here on the Black and Gold side with John DeShazer from NewOrleansSaints.com here on the Black and Blue Report. Yeah, Philly started awful at home again this year, 0-4, and, and then they've, uh, they've since taken off. So, going to be a good one on Saturday. That means a, a shortened uh, week for the uh, Saints to some respect. Drew Brees last night talked about how 
this uh, is, a, is in a sense what a week after a Monday night football game will be like as kickoff is set for just after 7 uh, Central Time on Saturday. Saints and Eagles in the NFC Wild Card playoff game, the uh, second game of a doubleheader on Saturday. Should be good stuff. More to come here with John DeShazer. Still to come, Jimmy Graham joins us, Ben Grubbs, and David Wesley, too. Quick timeout, then we're right back to talk about the day in the NFL yesterday and continue our conversation about the Saints here on the Black and Blue Report. Your New Orleans Pelicans take flight on Monday, December 30th, when the Portland Trailblazers come to town. Tip-off at 7 p.m. with the Pelicans' best pregame block party getting underway at 5.30 with live music, the Zataran Season Ticket Garden, and interactive games for the kids. Tickets start as low as $14 and are available by calling 525-HOOP or visiting pelicans.com today. Are you ready for health care reform? At Blue Cross, we're ready to help. Learn all you can about health care reform at bcbsla.com slash reform. Here you'll find information on tax credits, health insurance options, answers to frequently asked questions, and a handy checklist to help you prepare. Visit us today at bcbsla.com slash reform and get ready. Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Louisiana is an independent licensee of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Association and is incorporated as Louisiana Health Service and Indemnity Company. Saints 42, Buccaneers 17, your final yesterday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Nice way to end the regular season. 11 wins for the Saints, and they're now in the playoffs, as we've talked about, against the Philadelphia Eagles. John DeShazer is with us here on the Black and Blue Report this morning. Still to come, Ben Grubbs, one-on-one with him from the locker room yesterday, and David Wesley to talk uh, Pelicans and Trailblazers tonight. Before, uh, John, we continue our conversation, let's get you a little Jimmy Graham from yesterday. Uh, Here's Graham talking about clinching the postseason berth following the win over Tampa Bay. Feels good. Obviously, you know we. Uh, that's what you work for all year is is just a chance to um, to be able to keep playing uh, week to week and and tonight we we're able to do that and feels good. Part of the big win yesterday for the Saints was the number of big plays or as Coach Payton calls them, big chunk plays. Three of those resulted in scores: 44 yards, 41 yards, and I think 76 yards. They also had seven plays uh, in all of 20-plus yards. Jimmy Graham talking about the impact of the big play yesterday. If you're running the ball well, then, you know, those chunks are there. And, and you know, I mean, I felt like they had, uh, they had a, uh, you know, some extra guys in, in the box and the play action, uh, they're really biting on it. And, and so whenever you run the game, you're able to, you're able to get those shots in. And, and uh, you know, I mean, we have them in every week. It's just, you know, you got to make sure you call them at the right time. Yeah, John, those big plays were fun. Um, what, did we, what did we say last night post game uh, in the press box when we were doing our video report for NewOrleansSaints.com that the uh, three long touchdown passes, uh, 40 or more yards, was that a first time a Saint has done that in Drew Brees? I, I think that might be yeah, the case. I think that's the um, case. I, I can't say for sure. I'd have to do a little research, but I'm pretty sure that's the case. And I mean, you know, uh, really, really prolific. Uh, again, you know, when you're talking about Drew Brees at home and he goes over the 5,000-yard mark, and we mentioned that last night, and, you know, he, that's the fourth time he's done it, and his four times is as many as anyone else. All the other players in NFL history combined, there are only eight. He's got half of them, and nobody else has done it more than once except him. And you get him on that home field, and things just seem to flow a little bit better. I mean, he's able to – kind of see the field a little bit better, maybe hold on to the ball. He's got a lot more trust in his offense, and those guys seem to respond. I don't know what it is about playing in the Superdome, but they seem to respond favorably to playing at home. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Oh, here it is. Here's the note, John, from our notes from last night. Uh, 44 yards to Lance Moore, 41 to Meacham, 
76 yards to Kenny Stills. It is the first time a Saint has thrown three touchdown passes of 40 or more yards. Um, and also last night, it was the 25th time uh, that Breeze has passed for four or more touchdown passes, snapping his tie with Brett Favre for second place in the NFL's list and trails now only Peyton Manning, who has 30 career four-touchdown games, which he did against Oakland yesterday. Um, speaking of yesterday across the league, how much fun was it? And I could hardly keep up, J.D., how much fun was it watching all those games unfold and then the, the ripple effect or the ramifications of each result with regard to the NFL playoffs? Yeah, it's, it's crazy. You know, you, you're sitting there and you're trying to figure out where the Saints are going to go if they win and where this team's going to go if they win and where this team's going to go if they lose and this, that, and the other. I mean, it, it got really crazy to the point where you just almost have to sit back and say, okay, let's just concentrate on this game. That's right here in front of us. Kind of had to take a page from Coach Sean Payton, right? You know, just look at this game that you watch. So, you know, it got to that point because I, you know, I was getting really, you know, I was confusing myself, you know, trying to run through all the scenarios. So, you know, first thing first, let's see if the Saints win, and then we'll worry about where it is they're going and, and who we're going to have to be looking into and those kinds of things. So, but, yeah, it was great. I mean, it, it had to be one of the best weekends or one of the best Sundays in NFL history in terms of, you know, viewer interest and team interest and fan interest because you had so many teams that were still in it and so many games that meant something. We well, call it almost Shakedown Sunday in the NFL. The only reason I put a name on it is because today is Black Monday in the NFL. So after Shakedown Sunday, we now truly have a Black Monday living up to its billing. John, as you and I are sitting here recording today's Black and Blue Report, there are now six head coaching vacancies in the NFL. Detroit, Tampa Bay has let go of not only their coach, Chiano, and now their GM, but Cleveland, Minnesota, Houston, and Washington are all open before noon central on Black Monday. Okay, well, that sounds more like Bloody Monday than Black Monday, too. <laughs> that's, um, that's huge, but in all those situations, you could – you know, you could pretty much project all of those coming. Now, well, I'll say this. The Cleveland, you know, firing, which happened, you know, yesterday, basically almost immediately after the game was played against Pittsburgh. But, you know, a one a one season run for a coach, it's kind of stiff because, you know, you just don't know how much time he had to, to implement anything. You, if you look at that Cleveland situation from afar, you know they don't have a running back. You know they don't have a quarterback. And some of those things, you say how much of how much fault of the coach can it be a first year coach at that? But the rest of those, I mean, you could see those pretty much coming from a mile away. I mean, you know, Gary Kubiak in Houston was let go before the season was over, so you knew that was coming. Ciano uh, down in Tampa Bay, you know, they've have a lot, had a lot of tumultuous, you know, things happen this season. You know, so you knew that was happening. What happened with the Redskins in Washington and and Mike Shanahan and RG3 and that whole situation turned into a soap opera. You could see that happening in Detroit with uh, Jim Schwartz. You know what was going on with them in terms of their lack of discipline and having that much talent and not getting in the playoffs. You could pretty much see that one happening. And again, in Minnesota, you know Leslie Frazier had had a couple of years to try to make it happen. They've given him a couple of quarterbacks to try to make it happen, and still he hadn't made it happen. So, you know, the only one of those that I would I would kind of be a little bit surprised about would be the Cleveland situation, just from the standpoint that you know he only got one season to try to try to turn around a situation that's been bad for a lot longer than one season. Well, be to, it'll be interesting to watch all that stuff unfold down the road here a little bit. Uh, first things first, playoff football this weekend. I'm excited. Uh, John, you'll be going to Philadelphia with the Saints later this week. Get me through the next couple of days here as far as 
what Sean Payton has laid out for his football team, starting with today. What will we see today and then play out through the next couple of days as far as their schedule goes? Well, as far as we know today, all we, we don't have any uh, player access in terms of going to the locker room. There's, there's going to be a couple of conference calls with interviews with Jari Evans and David Hossel on the uh, the right guard who's going to the Pro Bowl and David Hossel on the uh, inside linebacker who basically replaced uh, John Vilma in the lineup once Vilma got hurt. So, you know, we know there's not going to be any, you know, actual lay eyes on players today, and I don't think there's going to be any access to them tomorrow. So it probably, you know, it is, it is a short week. These guys do have to kind of get their legs back under them and get their bodies back together. So they might come in for a little treatment and, and that kind of thing, and they might have a little bit of a walkthrough, but I don't think there's going to be any actual media access to them until Wednesday. So, you know, tomorrow might be like their regular NFL day, NFL day off, which is a Tuesday, except the Saints might do a little bit of light work. I'm sure they're going to do a bunch of film work because this Philly offense is pretty prolific. Again, you know, you got to get some some study on them and, and figure out exactly what it is that your Coach Chip Kelly has installed there, how they like to run it, what are their favorite plays with Foles and, and, and Shady McCoy and Deshaun Jackson because that offense moves the football pretty well. No, not pretty well. They move it extremely well. But I would imagine that our next access to Saints players is probably going to be Wednesday. They'll be in full practice on probably Wednesday and Thursday. And I think Thursday's, I mean, Friday's obviously going to be a light day because it's probably going to be a travel day. It's John DeShazer from New OrleansSaints.com. He's in house and therefore has the best access to the Saints. You want to follow him on Twitter, do so at John DeShazer. That's J O H N D E S H A Z I E R. I think they can remember that. They'll be with the Saints uh, every step of the way this week and then off to Philadelphia as they'll travel, looks like, on Friday. All right, John, thanks for your help today on Black and Blue Report. After you get done being uh, the man inside with the Saints, I hope you'll put on your basketball cap and meet me over the arena tonight for a good ball game between the Pelicans and the Blazers. Man, I'm doing a little prep work, and I know, I know the Pelicans got it because they owe, they owe Portland. I mean, you know that Damian Lillard, you know, who, who seems to make a game-winning shot up in Portland against, against this franchise every chance he's gotten, you know, since last year, even though it's second year. Phenomenal guy, but. You know, I'm looking forward to see him, seeing him and Drew Holiday go at it because Drew Holiday is one of those guys who can who can agitate and aggravate and make life miserable for an opposing point guard. So I'm looking forward to seeing Drew Holiday kind of jump up in him and see what he's made of. It was a one-possession game the last time they met. The home team has won uh, each of the last six home games in this series. So it should all point to New Orleans. We hope tonight David Wesley will help us with that a little bit later in the Black and Blue Report. Coming up next, though, my visit with pro bowler Ben Grubbs following yesterday's Saints win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. John, I'll see you tonight, sir. All right, I'll be there. John DeShazer with us here on the Black and Blue Report. Don't you go anywhere. More still to come on this Monday after a quick timeout. Okay, you've just been told you have a serious heart issue, congestive heart failure, a valve problem, a complex rhythm disorder. Now what? At Auctioner, we suggest you take a moment and do some research. When you do, you'll find Auctioner Medical Center has the only heart program in the region ranked among the nation's best by U.S. News & World Report. We routinely treat the most complex cases with revolutionary procedures such as surgical and non-surgical valve replacements and the total artificial heart. And we have the largest, most comprehensive program for treating arrhythmias in the Gulf South, offering options not available elsewhere in the region. At the end of the day, the most important thing to hear is... I just saw your test results, and they look great. No problems. 
leading-edge care. Just one more reason to choose an auctioner-affiliated physician. For an appointment, visit auctioner.org or call 1-866-AUCTIONER. That's O-C-H-S-N-E-R. Auctioner. Healthcare with peace of mind. John Kelly back in our New Orleans Arena studios here on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report. Hope this finds you well. Uh, certainly a lot of people in a good mood here on this Monday after the Saints beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers yesterday. Gosh, I can't believe we're about to wrap up 2013. Uh, this will be our last show, by the way, of 2013. We'll be off tomorrow. Well, we won't be off, but there will be no uh, podcast uh, tomorrow or Wednesday. We'll be back with you actually from the road. I think I'm going to be still in Minneapolis on Thursday, but... While I'm in Minneapolis with the Pelicans, uh, John will be uh, with the New Orleans Saints. So we'll have both teams, as always, here on the Black and Blue Report come Thursday afternoon Central. Show on Friday as well. We're not going to leave you high and dry as we get into uh, the playoffs. And uh, we'll have full previews uh, for the uh, not only the Pelicans road trip, but, of course, the Saints uh, playoff action this weekend. As a matter of fact, I think Heath Evans, producer Dan, tells me he's going to be on later this week to talk about that. And uh, Judy Batista. Uh, from NFL.com, also to help us get ready for Wild Card Weekend in the NFL. Still to come, David Wesley here on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report because we've got to preview in depth tonight's uh, New Orleans Pelicans game versus the Portland Trailblazers. That's at 7 tonight at New Orleans Arena. More on that here in just a moment. Oh, before we close out our Saints conversation for today, I did want to share with you the interview I did in the in the locker room last night after the win with Pro Bowler Ben Grubbs. Hadn't really talked to him a whole lot this season, but the opportunity presented itself after the win over the Buccaneers last night. And so here now is a quick visit with number 66, Ben Grubbs. First of all, let's start with this. How does it feel to be done with the regular season and in at this point? feels pretty good. You know, 11 wins is really big. You know, each week it's a, it's a struggle to win in the NFL. And, you know, a lot of good teams lose and a lot of um, teams that you wouldn't have thought had a chance win so you know each week is a struggle but we we managed to get 11 wins man and just to look back on um on the season you know we lost a lot of a lot of good players before the season even started you know just it's just the way that the season goes man each team um each team deals with it but um i guess it's only the strong survive and we're at the end and we're about to, uh, you know, begin this postseason run. So it's a new season, and um, it's a one-game season each week. You got the home crowd back into it today by scoring on the opening drive. How important was that in the success of the day? You know, I, th- I think it's very important to start fast. Um, we haven't always done that. But to do it this week, um, I think it just, you know, pushed us forward. The defense fed off of it. Special teams did a good job. And all together, it was, uh, it was a good team win. When, when, the, when the game started progressing and, the, and the, the big chunk plays started happening for you all, is that, did, you all did you all feel like, we're, okay, we're now hitting our stride here in this one? We're, we're closer and closer now to the postseason. I mean, you know, I don't know if we thought that far, but it definitely felt good to, you know, see that ball go down the field. Um, you know, long drives are good, but we really appreciate those uh, three plays with a touchdown as offensive linemen. The linemen have taken a little bit of heat, whether that's fair or not. It's been out there. How did your unit play today in your eyes? Um, you know, I think overall we did a pretty good job. Um, 
you know, tomorrow we'll watch film and see what kind of mistakes we can correct and, uh, you know, move on to the postseason. Congratulations on the Pro Bowl, too. I haven't talked to you since that announcement. How did you feel about that? I mean, I'm very blessed to be able to, uh, you know, be, be selected by my peers and coaches and the fans. You know, it's, uh, it's definitely a blessing, man, and I'm, I'm going to represent, you know, the, the NFC well. Hopefully we don't go. To the to the Pro Bowl, but um, you know we'll see what happens. All right, one last thing to do, and that's watch Philadelphia and Dallas play tonight. Do you watch that game intently, or do you get away from it and let it ride for tomorrow? Uh, man, I don't even know if I'll be able to watch it. You know, I got I got my family in town, and we're about to go eat now. So, you know, I just probably catch the score at the end of the end of the night. Congratulations, thank you. Appreciate it. Enjoyed that conversation very very much. Congratulations to him again. One of uh, five Saints going to the Pro Bowl. Later on, as he said in the interview, hopefully they don't go because that means they'll be getting ready for uh, a particular big game up in the New York area. But let's just uh, take one step at a time here and get through uh, Philadelphia first. Pelicans talk for you in just a moment. David Wesley stops by right after this. Hey there, what you having? Um, what kind of specials do you have today? Well, tonight we're doing $2 benzene and tonics, $4 lemon arsenics, and $5 beryllium bombs. Wait, what? Those don't sound like drinks. They sound like types of poison. Well, it's a fine line. Besides, this is a smoky bar. What do you think we're all breathing in right now? Uh, I don't know. Nicotine? Listen, I'm going to hook you up. You're not really living until you've had a formaldehyde martini. Yeah, I'm going home. Secondhand smoke does more than just stink. It costs Louisiana thousands of lives and contains dozens of harmful chemicals that lead to things like emphysema, heart disease, and lung cancer. Learn what's being done to protect all Louisianans in bars and gaming facilities at letsbetotallyclear.org. It's Pelicans game day. This is the Black and Blue Report. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Basketball tonight, too. The New Orleans Pelicans back in action as the Pels are at home real quick before another long road trip and another tough opponent. Man, it just seems like this is the way it's gone. Love late. Portland is here tonight. They're 24-6. and six. So the other microphone is David Wesley. Uh, again, no no black and blue report on a Wednesday this week because of New Year's. So This holiday stuff is killing me. I understand. I understand, but I appreciate you stopping by. Yeah, no, it's good. Do you want me to bring up football or no? You we, just want to let that conversation go? We can talk a little football. We, I mean, sure. I mean, I'm, I'm not a happy fan. I'm happy. I'm a happy fan because I get to share as a Saints fan, mm-hmm. but I'm not a happy fan because I am also a Cowboys fan. And, and they've done it again. They did it again. Is there they, any hope for that franchise? It, it's got to be, and, you know, I listen to some of the analysts on, you know, sports center. I, there's got to be some changes. Some people go, oh, no, they're fine. They're, they're not fine. Some people say they need to get rid of the coach. I've heard get rid of the offensive coordinator. Romo, I mean, you go down the list, but something's got to change. All right, let me ask you this. It is Black Monday in the NFL, and they call it Black Monday, of course, because coaches – some of them do generally lose jobs on yes. the day after the regular season. If I could give you one move, it could be a big move, little move, whatever you want, but you get one move to fix your childhood team, the Dallas Cowboys, what is it? Nothing's too outrageous. I think this year two things would have been 
I would I I think probably need to change. And as good as Romo is, I think he needs to go. And that's hard for me to say because he's very good. He's going to go down as one of the all-time greats, but can't finish. In this three-tiered offensive system of you got a play caller, head coach, quarterback system where you where plays are called, where any of the three can change the play, not a good idea. Play caller, next guy, and that's it. There's too many. There's too many hands in there. Oh, and and the owner needs to get a general manager. There's more than one move, but that's I know. Okay. I need. I need. I, they need more moves. <laughs> David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans with us here. Uh, of course, the Pelicans television analyst. Um, let me follow up one tough question with one more, and then I'll ease up on you a little bit. All right. Turn your attention to basketball for a moment. Uh-huh. Um, the Pelicans are 28 games in. Who are they? Who are the New Orleans Pelicans right now as we get to end 2013 and play the last game of December tonight? I still think they're a young team that's trying to find themselves. I know as fans, as watchers, critics want there to be more when with, with all the changes coming into the season and this team being so young, still trying to, to learn this game and figure it out. They still don't do things that a veteran team would do. You know, we talk about, you know, games where there should be a hard foul or there should be a little more toughness, a little more grit. They, they don't have that yet. They're working to get that. And at times you see flashes of, wow, oh, my goodness, this team is really getting it. And then you see them fall back into maybe old habits, bad habits um, that that make a difference in a game. So uh, I think they're still a young team, still searching. And to this point in this season, they still haven't been full strength. So um, when will they get full strength where they can start gelling more and, and figuring out what kind of team? Hopefully soon. Yeah, uh, you, you mentioned banged up, but Jason Smith is pretty banged up. He did play 15 minutes at Houston the other night in the loss. It wouldn't surprise me, though, if they sit him again. Um, that bone bruise is pretty nasty on his right leg. Now he got a bit of a little tweaked shoulder. Eric Gordon, wouldn't you say he's probably doubtful for tonight? Uh, you know, he says he's a game time. He says he's day-to-day. But, man, after that fall he took in Sacramento, um, I don't know. It, it'd be tough for him to come back and start again at a two-guard this close. Uh, I I. I think day-to-day is just – I think it. he's feeling like I could go, but I won't be 100%. And it, and it all depends on, uh, you know, there's some guys that I've played with that if they weren't 90 95%, they didn't play. I felt like there were many games where I played at 70%. And there are guys out there that – will play injured and and not be their very best. So uh, it just kind of depends on the type of player, the kind of player that, that um, you know, some players can get away with it. Some players feel like in order to do what I do for this team, I have to be at my very best. And so a couple of days, three or four days, maybe you might feel better. All right. Not at full strength. The Pelicans, which they won't be again, you know, at least for tonight, let's put it that way. Mm-hmm. In light of that, are we in a situation right now uh, at 13 and 15 to where the Pelicans have to either, A, outscore their opponent. I know that sounds obvious, but you know what I mean. Get uh-huh. into a little bit of a track meet and outscore a team. 
or B, do they have to be better defensively and try and hold an opponent to less than what they normally score? I think Is that it one or the other. I, I scoring's up in the league this year across the board. Uh, it's up. I don't know if it's because it's getting harder and harder to stop players. Or because you can't touch play. I don't know. I don't know why necessarily the score is up, but certainly you have to do a better job of getting stops. You have to be able to get stops when you absolutely need them. And right now, this team is is a mixed bag of that. They don't get enough stops, but they gotta also score consistently. The trouble that I think the Pelicans are having right now is. They go through these lulls of not scoring for long periods of time that that really put them in holes that are tough to get out of, um, you know. And that again, that's the youth decision making on decision making on breaks, getting out in transition, making the right play, finishing baskets, finishing at the basket has been something they've struggled with at times in games where uh, you know shot, 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 tip, 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 and you come out of there with nothing. So. Um, I think it's really a combination of both getting more stops and, you know, making making shots. All right, take me right into tonight. Portland's here. They're twenty four and six, pretty impressive uh, for a ball club that's kind of been building now for a couple of years. We've seen them already. The Pelicans played them very tight up at the Moda Center in Portland. I think that they match up pretty well with Portland. Um, but the bottom line is this: Portland's still an elite team right now in the West with Aldridge and Lillard. Robin Lopez is their center. You've got Wesley Matthews. They've stayed healthy. If you were to tell me about tonight's game, whether it be from the perspective of what the Pelicans need to do to win or perhaps why Portland's 24-6, and six, take me through it from your standpoint. Well, first of all, um, uh, the home team has won this, this, this game in this series the last six times. So that's a good reason for the Pelicans. Uh, Portland Trailblazers, while an excellent team, good ball movement, great offense, um, misdirections and, you know, things going on, and they shoot the ball incredibly well because they share it and move the basketball. They don't do that inside the paint. They're the worst team in the league, points in the paint. So if if the, the Pelicans can win that battle, points in the paint, certainly. They're a good, off, they're, they're a good offensive rebounding team. So they got to block them out, not give them second chance. They're first in converting those points off second chance points. So this is a really good team, but they can be beat. A jump shooting team always can be beat. If you make it tough for them to get shots, make them shoot a lot of contested shots, and then rebound the basketball, that's going to give the Pelicans an opportunity to win. And, uh, and again, when the Pelicans get those opportunities, uh, oh, this team, neither team turns the ball over. So there's not going to be a lot of necessarily points off turnovers or anything like that. It's going to be maybe run this team a little bit more. They're, they're bottom half of the pack and fast break points. So run this team and convert on their mistakes. LaMarcus Aldridge is an all-star. There's no doubt. No doubt. Okay, so if you're talking to a fan who's maybe on the fence about coming to the game tonight, do you tell them uh, about Damian Lillard? Is he now a must-see guy in this league? Is he the guy that, if you're sitting at home today or at work and saying, man, I don't know about tonight's game. It's Monday, the holidays and all that. But there are certain guys 
David, in this league that if you're a, if you're a hoop head, you go see him in person. Is Lillard in that conversation now? I would say they're both in that cat in that in that category. the The last game uh, I saw them play against the Clippers was oozing with talent, oozing with that must see guy from both teams. Both teams had those guys. I enjoy watching Lillard play every time we play against him and anytime he's on TV. And if I'm coming to the arena tonight or I'm sitting at home, you know, should I go? I'm definitely coming to see Lillard. I'm definitely coming to see Aldridge because they're, they're, they're pretty unique talents. I mean, they, they, they do things a different way. Like I said, they're making and taking a lot of jump shots. You don't see that a lot. And, and, you know, first in 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 three pointers taken or made, and and one of the better percentages in the league. I mean, they're 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 fun to watch. You, you got to come see this game. This would be fun to watch for for all the fans. David Wesley from Fox Sports New Orleans here with us on the Black and Blue Report. One more question before I let you go. All right, all right. So you're, you're a former player. You've also coached in the D League. When you look at the Pelican situation with this one home game tonight, in a stretch where you have 10 road games in 12, okay, you're going back out again. Um, is that a part of the conversation in that locker room down the hall from our New Orleans Arena studios here? Is the fact that this is maybe your one chance at home here for another long stretch a part of the conversation? Is it understood, or does it just not even matter? Well, it, it, it does matter. It does matter. This is where they play the best. They, they play well at home, uh, and – Here's an opportunity on your home court. You always want to protect your home court. And we talked earlier about, uh, you know, what kind of team Portland is. And you went through their list and you said, well, they haven't really beat. They beat a couple of good guys. And and I said, yeah, but they're beating the people they're supposed to beat. And and that's that's impo- that in itself is is a part of a long schedule. So you try to win it. You try to make sure you take care of home and beat the people you're supposed to. Well, here's an opportunity for the Pelicans at home to beat a good team. The Pelicans haven't beat a winner yet. This is a legitimate winner, and it'd be a nice little feather in their cap moving on into another tough road trip this this week. Yep. Here's to a win tonight, and here's to not getting on a plane until tomorrow. <laughs> yes, indeed. It's it's been a It's been a nice... Three weeks for us. <laughs> yep. Good visit. Appreciate you stopping by. Yes. We'll see you tonight at the arena. Thanks for having me. Yep. David Wesley, Joe Myers tonight on Fox Sports New Orleans. John DeShazer, myself on the radio on the Pelicans Radio Network. Tip off at 7 at New Orleans Arena. Tickets are available. I strongly urge you to uh, participate in tonight's Pelicans Portland Trailblazers matchup. Back with a little bit more. Here's still to go on the Black and Blue Report after this quick timeout. All-Star Electric is lighting up the future with the latest in LED lighting. All-Star Electric specializes in the installation and conversion of the newest LED lighting products. This lasting investment is virtually maintenance-free and offers significant savings on your next electricity bill. This is Tim Blanchard, president of All-Star Electric. Let us evaluate your building, parking lot, or home for an LED conversion because we know we can save you some money. 
NBA All-Star 2014 is coming to New Orleans with an exciting lineup. The BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge is your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. On Friday, February 14th, the New Orleans Arena will play host as the rookies and sophomores team up to battle for bragging rights and make a name for themselves in the Big Easy. Tickets are on sale now through NBAevents.com for as low as $10. BBVA Compass Rising Stars Challenge. Your ticket to see the NBA's newest stars. Want each show delivered right to your iPhone or iPad? Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes by searching Black and Blue Report. So I'm really hoping I'll see you tonight at New Orleans Arena. The Pelicans sold out their last home game, which was Friday night. Uh, and now they're back home here one more time before heading out again for a long stretch. It'd be great to have back-to-back sellouts here uh, during the holidays. Portland's a very worthy opponent of your time and your money. And I think the Pelicans are about to turn a corner here. I really do. Even though they lost at Houston on Saturday night, just the way they're playing. And if the guys continue to come back from injury, uh, I think we're about ready to uh, head into a good direction for sure. 7 o'clock tip-off tonight. Coverage on Fox Sports New Orleans and on the New Orleans Pelicans radio network uh, beginning at 7 o'clock. John and I on the radio side and uh, David and Joel Myers on the television side tonight. Our thanks to producer Dan, uh, who... uh, We'll go off and celebrate the new year after he works hard tonight. Um, Here shortly, we'll be back with you on Thursday on the Black and Blue Report, Noon Central. You can follow us on Twitter, at Black Blue Report. That's at Black Blue Report. You'll always get the uh, schedule of upcoming guests and other news and notes about the program. And you can follow me uh, on Twitter personally, at Sean Kelly Live. That's at Sean Kelly Live. And uh, I'll have plenty of stuff for you as we go through the game tonight and get into the road trip, starting with the Minnesota Timberwolves on New Year's Day. Our thanks to Ben Grubbs today, John DeShazer, David Wesley, Drew Brees, and Jimmy Graham, all for stopping by and being a part of the podcast built for you. Black and Blue Report, black for the Saints, blue for the Pelicans. And here on this Monday, all is well with regard to the black and gold and hopefully soon enough tonight with the blue and gold too. We'll see you tomorrow. No, we'll see you Thursday. I just said that. We'll see you tonight on the radio, Thursday on the Black and Blue Report. That's for sure. Count on that. Happy New Year, everybody. We'll see you soon. This is Sean Kelly. So long for just a while. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansSaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.